This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The Wednesday Week is sponsored by the Riverside Cafe, the perfect place for a pre-match pint. Hello and welcome to the Wednesday Week, the Sheffield Wednesday podcast. In fact, it's our second Sheffield Wednesday podcast of the week. Uh, I think that just goes to show just how much is going on at the moment at Essex. Uh, I'm James, I'm in the hot seat tonight and uh, with me, uh, a head's grown about three times its normal size today, it's uh, it's Vic. Is that is that Vic from TalkSport that, uh, that we're connected with there? Yes, hi, um, Vic from TalkSport. I think you'll find me in the same regard as Sir Chris Waddle and Sir Michael Parkinson and anyone else who's been on the radio. I've had numerous tweets, I think more tweets than James gets when he's on things. So, hi. When you mean I'm on the TV, that's that's what you mean. When I'm yeah, on I've always TV. had a face for radio, James, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also with us, Dan Fudge. Um, what uh, Have you done, I don't know, any newspapers or radio anything today? One, the uh, I, I had a tweet that went uh, that got eight hundred likes last week, but that was about it. That's all. Did I you? Got what was that? Right um, I mocked the way that Raheem Sterling was running. On um, <laughs> <laughs> it said it was really funny actually. It said it kind of annoyed me because I've done funnier tweets than that. But describe Raheem Sterling's season in one word, and I wrote Velma and put a gif of Velma from Scooby Doo running across the uh, across the thing, and it was uh, it was retweeted by the boxer Jamie Moore. And uh, it o'clock in the afternoon. Good work, very good work. Yeah, well, that was a, that, that you was have a actually um, <laughs> you've you've pinned that fudge, and that's that's a bit cringe when when someone pins. Well, no, a tweet you know, it's it's because, you know, yeah. pe- people want to know, it on you, so. you know, why why I'm so famous. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah. I just thought I'd show mm. why. 
Okay. Yeah. Do you find that yeah. it goes quiet for a bit and then suddenly you get like a series of people liking it and retweeting it again? Yeah, I find it really weird. I, th- I you know, I think that's um, yeah. It, it, it went quiet the other day and I got a bit of a spike on it, and I find it weird. It's so it's odd. It's weird being internet celebrity. You know, I'm not like you. You guys. reply to everyone as well. Everyone who's commented saying that's funny. You're like, thanks. Thanks, it only guys. got it only got about four <laughs> comments. It was just likes. It was just, didn't really get many comments. Stop, stop mocking me on that. Be mocked. When um when we had Louis Tomlinson come into the radio station and uh, obviously post a photo of me and him, and as you'd imagine, it goes absolutely crazy with One Direction fans liking it, and then it'll go quiet for about two days, and then you get one more yeah, like, and that sets that. it off again, and it just goes on and on and on, and then like random things happen, like a week afterwards, it got like a like from Dom from the Star, and then you know a week after that, someone completely random, and it all sets off again. Of course, it got a like from Dom crazy. from the Star. Dom's probably got notifications on for whenever you tweet. I think I think he's actually just a fan of Louis Tomlinson, and and let's face it, who isn't? <laughs> who isn't? Uh, right then, let's get down to business. Let's talk about some. Um, let's talk about some football, which I'm sure you are all dying to do. Can we um, not just go through Fudge's Twitter for a bit longer? I, 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 I think. I... <laughs> But then... It's pretty racist today. You don't want any of that. You know what I mean? No, no. If, you, if there's kids reading. <laughs> nah. Um, no, obviously, I've already done a podcast this week because me and James from the Owls of Mericast got together last night and, and recorded a bit. So um, I'm just kind of going to sit back, really, and, and kind of let you guys fight it out. Um, so first up, we had uh, Brentford. That feels like ages ago now. It was on Saturday. So much has happened since then. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, Saturday down at Brentford, and I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the best performance in the world. I, I'm not going to lie. I've not seen it. Um, I don't tend to watch watch telly when we've lost. Um, I do I do watch your clips, obviously. Um, but no, I've not seen it. I listen to it on wireless as I do. Um, but yeah, it sounded pretty pretty awful to be honest i think the only person i'm sure will come to him later is joe wildsmith that can hold his head high over the last couple of weeks i i'm I'm just absolutely bereft of things to say i think i I, i've been i've been boring people off i mean as as you know i live in southampton and nobody really cares about the about the blight of sheffield wednesday and and I've been, uh, and anybody who's gone, I'm a Wednesday fan. Uh, and I've been bending the ear roll off the last few days at anybody who will care to listen to me about about this uh, this current slump we're in. But when it comes to Brentford, um, I think this was the start, these last two games, this is the start of it being a, going from a bad season to utterly shambolic. Um, I think this is, we got a bit of a, I think, who is it? It's Newcastle fans. You know, a new, there are a group of Newcastle fans that uh, don't like Kevin Keegan because he gave them a taste of a life deserved. And there, there is a an element of that with uh, Lee Bullen's win against um, against Nottingham Forest, where we go, well, there you are. That's it. You know, the, the animals are off the reins. Let's let them go. This is happening now, kids. Let's get bullied till end up bloody season. It's happening. And then now we've we've had his backside handed to us twice now and played poor football. Because I don't like using this word because it seems to have been accosted by football a lot. But we're looking rudderless once again. There's no, it's we we don't play sustainable football under Carlos. We were playing football where we go one or two nil behind and try and sneak in the last ten minutes. Or under um, under Lee Bullen, we're playing. Well, I want to say gung ho football, but it's not like we're uh, not like 
scoring any. It's it's real with the club. People like to like to link it with what's going on back of house and uh, and what's going on on the pitch, and then you have players coming out going, oh, well, you know, these things don't happen. You know, uh, I'm on the pitch. It doesn't matter what's happening back of house. I I don't know. I don't know. And if anybody can shed a light on it, uh, just you know, give me a tweet or something, because because I'm 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 sick to death of talking about it, and I'm boring myself now. So uh, that's Brentford then. Um... <laughs> Did you have uh, a nice time though, James? Because you'll have seen yeah. Billy and everybody, and it's regardless of the score, Brentford's always a nice trip, isn't it, to see those guys? Yeah, it it is, and and as me and James said um, yesterday on on the bit that we recorded, um, the whole day actually was brilliant, with the exception of kind of two hours right in the middle uh, where we went to watch a football match. We probably shouldn't have bothered with the football match. You know, we were having a grand time in the pub, and we didn't really want to leave. We left it till as late as possible, um, and we should have just stayed there and, and not not really bothered with the. Um, the football side of it, in um, in hindsight, um, yeah, I mean, on the pitch there weren't there weren't really many positives. Um, th- there were a couple of players uh, who seemed to have a degree of something about them, and and I'm kind of looking really at Adam Reach, and and this probably rolls into the Burton game because I think across both the, uh, the 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 Burton and Brentford game, there's kind of um, there's, there's been a couple of decent performers and they've really been probably Reach, Zhao and probably Joe Wildsmith really. Um, and that's, you know, Joe Wildsmith's conceded five goals in two games. How many of them are his fault? Well, probably none really, to be fair. You know, defensively, it's just been um, absolutely calamitous. Um, so, yeah, I mean, not 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 a lot that you can really take from, from that game from, from a positive point of view. I did Moving hear to... it. Dean Smith was watching though, so who knows? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, any, any, actually, anyone, <laughs> ha, 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 anyone that listens um, or, or caught on Twitter that uh, Billy, who obviously is a big Brentford fan, he does the Besotted podcast, and he had a chat with a few Wednesday fans after the game, uh, and the subject of Dean Smith being linked to Wednesday came up, um, and I, I kind of pushed him on it a bit, actually, and asked him, you know, are you worried about it? Um, and it's quite an interesting listen, really, because what he said is, firstly, no, not worried at all, because if Dean Smith goes, then they've got the next Dean Smith waiting in the wings, ready to come in. Um, and also the point of the fact, if you look at kind of what Mark Warburton's done since he left Brentford, which is basically nothing um there's not really any suggestion that dean smith is is anything special in terms of being a manager he just works well within the system that brentford have got but anyway it's quite an interesting um an interesting chat so if you anyone that that gets a chance to have a quick listen to um to, to that um then dig it out on twitter or on the uh, internet if you search for besotted then you'll um you'll be able to find it let's let's forget about brentford um let's talk about something much happier <clears throat> let's talk about burton uh, Vic, obviously you were there. Oh, Christ alive. Give us, I was um, there till 80 minutes. Give, us your, low down. <laughs> give yeah. us your lowdown. Oh, yeah, of course, because you were poorly, weren't you? Um, I was poorly, but forced myself. It's one of those things, isn't it? I go on about living nearby all the time, and it's all well and dandy until you have to go to every soddy match. Like, you can't make the excuse, and it wasn't on telly. I thought, oh, God, so I've got to go. Um so it it started off well, as as did your day in Brentford. We went to the Riverside Cafe, where outside bar has heaters now. Um, so that was nice. We sat outside there talking to the cop. And... Uh, by the way, apologies that I didn't come down to see you. It was too warm. Were you inside. there? Yeah. Were you Were you there? Yeah, I was upstairs. 
I thought I about thought you were it. poorly. I thought you just weren't there. No, 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 I was there. I was there. I stayed till um, ooh, 92 minutes, I think. Oh, Despite well, the fact that I was poorly, dying, sick, you know, deathbed, barely breathing, you know. Hi, Fudge. How are you? Anyway. <laughs> then... <laughs> but yeah, it was, I mean, th- come on. That, oh, you, I've said it before and I'll say it a million times until this bloody ends, but Leuven's to like, well, Wildsmith now, Wildsmith to Leuven's, Leuven's to what we now know is one of the most horrific things to ever do, to Butterfield, Butterfield to Leuven's, Leuven's to Butterfield, Butterfield to Burton Albion. And it's just, like, what we do, what are we doing? And I mean, you know, people are slating him for the penalty as well. I think in fairness to him, he did what any other player would have done. He had to crunch him down. He had to just try and stop that mistake from going any further, um, which obviously, you know, he maybe had a bit of faith in Wildsmith that he would save that penalty. And had he have made that challenge 20 seconds, sorry, 20 seconds, point two zero of a second earlier, he may well have got away with it and just got the ball. As it stood, it was a reckless challenge, but he, he had to do it. He had no option there. He'd already made the mistake. It was horrible. It shouldn't, it shouldn't have happened from a professional footballer. It certainly shouldn't have happened in play from a professional footballer and the club captain who has played at like some of the highest levels and you know it shouldn't have happened the second goal just doesn't bear talking about does it it just really doesn't it was awful it was absolutely awful the third goal i heard um when i turned the burglar alarm off when i got in so don't know what that one was like but the rest of it was just diabolical and i mean you've only got to watch bullen's reaction after the match he, you know it, even that guy who you literally chop off his arm and there'd be blue and white blood everywhere he doesn't want to do it he said we need a new manager in ASAP. Uh, I don't want this job. It's, it's awful. It was just a horrible day all round. Ruin Christmas. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, like I said, this was the second phase in going from a poor season to a shambles of a season. This has been a mess. And for Lee Bullen afterwards to just... Lee Bullen. Lee Bullen came out and said, well, I don't want it, essentially. He went, you know, this is... We need to get a new coach in quick. Whoever wants to sort this mess out, come and get it. It's like it's like David Cameron after Brexit. Oh, it didn't happen. See you later. You know what I mean? And that that's kind of what happened. And I don't know what's happened to Glenn Leuvens. Um There was a bit in Reading where uh, he cropped one of their strikers at, on the halfway line. At the time, I thought it was hilarious. But then I thought, oh, yeah. he's done that because he can't keep up. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and, and I and I start, I'm starting to give credence to this um this adage that people this thing that people are talking about about um the lack of fitness amongst the uh, amongst the team and when you've got a uh, early to mid 30s defender fitness is key fitness is is huge and then you start looking at Atty Newhew and the weight that he's put on you look at uh, Liam Palmer's muffin top that everybody uh, that everybody saw uh, the other week you just think yeah there's some uh, there's some credence to this rumour. Do, do you really think that fitness is that much of an issue? Which is concerning because you don't sort out fitness issues in a space of two weeks. And um, if if that is the case and that is what's happening with the squad and that is we are just, you know, overweight and unfit, then prepare yourself for another few poor results coming up because it ain't... 
I mean, that comes back to the second goal again, doesn't it? Just nobody, nobody ran for that. Absolutely no one. There was only, I think it was, was it Hunt at the last second that went in for the slide? I just saw the red boots. I presume it was Hunt. I don't know. Um, but other than was that... Was that the one where the uh, where the striker looked like he was running in treacle and we yeah, still couldn't what, catch him? The one that has literally gone viral because we were so bad. Like, so many accounts <laughs> have tweeted that, like, Paddy Power and whoever else, because it was so awful. And you just say, how is that happening? And... You know, I don't, I don't understand when you've had, you've got a very defensive coach now as your manager. How are mistakes like that happening? But it, it went right the way from midfield right the way through that. It was just dreadful, absolutely dreadful. And like, like James said, you've got a feel for Wildsmith. Like he's, yeah, he's conceded five, but none of them were his fault. He saved two penalties. He's, he's a young lad. He's far too young to be a first team keeper at the moment. You know, but he's, he's working his way up, and that's. Yeah, that for me is a bloody good keeper if you can play at this level at that age and at that naivety that he will have at that age. You know, he's not a big... Lads don't fill out till the, like, mid-twenties, do they, really? Like, Fudge, obviously, you're still not quite filled out yet. And No, no, I'm, I'm growing no. a lad. <laughs> but lads don't, do they? So, he, you know, he's still got that bit of a way to go, and yet he's got a 34-year-old centre-half in Glenn Leuvens, who's shafting him week on week, just absolutely... And Leuvens doesn't seem to be bothered about it, doesn't seem to care. I know, I know he went off injured or ill or whatever else, but I'm sorry. if You know, I felt like shite sat watching there. Absolutely awful. And it was raining and I was pounding the cold and flu tablets like you wouldn't believe. I had to go and get toilet roll, which is, which by the way, Mr Chancery, is like sandpaper from the toilets because my nose was running that much. I don't, do you know what? If I was on 10 grand a week, I'd have played and I'd have played better than him. Oh. What about I, you, James? What did you What did you think of it all? Uh, yeah, I, I pretty much agree with everything everyone said. It was, um, you know, it was a real low point. It was as bad as it's been for for years and years and years. Um, I kind of said coming away from the ground, well, I think what we've got to kind of bear in mind here is that it's as makeshift a team as we've put out in years and years and years. You know, Glenn Leuvens was obviously ill. Um and that's not to say that he hasn't been off for the last few games that he's played anyway. Uh, but he was he was <laughs> clearly he was clearly not not right. Um, he's not right in, now in, in that game. And you know it, it was a real makeshift lineup. You know there is no way in the world that you would play any of those players together. You know you would not play our midfield kind of pairing of of what was it Butterfield and David Jones. You know you wouldn't you wouldn't play them together. Of course you wouldn't play I them I wouldn't together. play them in a Sunday league side, either of them. They're both bloody awful. Dave Jones, right, I've got this new thing now and it works. Every time he gets the ball, right, when you watch the next match, go, like you're like really frightened or something. It works every time. It's That's literally, must be the noise he makes when the ball comes towards him. Like, oh, bollocks. Like literally someone's just kicked him a bowl of lava and he just doesn't know what to do with it. He's awful. Awful, well, awful that's, that's, I think he's had it, two games that we've said, oh, Dave Jones did all right. That's not good enough. Yeah, it's kind of chicken and egg, though, isn't it, with Dave Jones? If I was Dave Jones, I'd want to get rid of it as soon as possible. Because as soon as the ball comes near him, all that happens is people slag him off. Doesn't matter what he does with it, just gets slagged off with them. But yeah. I, I, I don't think that the, there will ever have been a point whereby we have trained with a central midfield pairing of Jacob Butterfield and David Jones. I just don't think that's happened. So the fact that they looked like, you know, they never. They'd never seen each other before. It was probably about right. You know, they probably haven't. They're probably not trained together with a view to them to being the central pairing. Um, you know, it was. It was. But they should be doing if everyone's it, bloody injured. It, it, they should it, be playing together, shouldn't they? 
Yeah, but, but but my point being that, you know, we'd, we'd have been concentrating on other pairings, wouldn't we? It's, it's by default that we're playing them together. We'd never planned to do that. Probably the same defensively as well. You know, what what do we have by the end of it? Venancio and Daniel Poodle being our centre-half pairing. I mean, that's stuff that nightmares are made of. You know, only one of them's actually a central defender. And clearly we find out there's a reason why he's not even really been getting on the bench because he's not actually very good. Um, and, you know, the whole thing just just, just felt a bit. And it, it was absolutely appalling. And, you know, we, we knew it was coming before the match when... The point was made that Burton have never scored on New Year's Day as a football league club. And and you knew it was, was coming. And even when you know we gave away the penalty, you think, right, this is it. And then he saves it and you think, right, we've got a lifeline here. And then we still managed to throw it away. You know, that game could have been 4-0 and it possibly could have been more. And, and, and that is about as bad as it can possibly really get for us now. Um, you know, as I said in the uh, in the podcast last night, which I'm sure you've both you know listened to several times. Um, yes, I, I, yeah. I tried to um, coming away from the game. I thought I'm going to try and come up with five positives to take away from this today. Um, and one of them was at least you know we 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 now know Lee Bullen is not the answer. Right, he's not going to be our new manager, and he probably needs to leave the club. You know, he is part of an era that hasn't worked, and he needs to move on and he needs to go somewhere else. And the other thing that we know is that you know we've got a new manager coming in. We've got someone coming in that's got new ideas. If we already had that new manager and we were losing three nil at home to Burton Albion with a performance like that, then we really would need to worry. At least this is happening before someone new comes in. So you know, we hit that rock bottom point before a new manager comes in. And then, you know, they they can come in with their ideas, they can work their magic, and they can sort it out. And surely that's going to be the way we look upon it. I don't agree with Lee Bullen leaving the club altogether. I think I think he's got a place, and I think that place is with the under-23s, with the development squad. I think he's, you know, he's a seasoned footballer. He's played all over the world. And I know from back when I was a teenager, and, you know, he sent me to Hong Kong, for Christ's sake. But, like... He 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 was involved with every aspect of those young kids' lives, and when I when I was at Hillsborough working, he did his work experience in the media team. Like he genuinely loves this club, and I think the perfect spot for him is to nurture the up and coming talent. Because I don't think I I won't put my life on it, but I can't see another Jamie Vardy situation happening if Lee Bullen was in charge. Because I think he'll see he'll see the potential, and he'll work on people like Jamie Vardy who. You know, the the story say was too small. We all know there was a lot more to it than that. But I don't think there would be that sort of an issue with a bully in charge because, uh, you know, the name suits. He he can be a really tough, nasty guy. If he need, he's, he's not a nasty guy. I mean, he, he'd do anything for anybody. But he can be that harsh if he needs to be. He can be like the cool maths teacher that you'd hate to offend or piss off because you would really don't want to upset him because you've got so much respect for him. So I would definitely, definitely keep him in the club. But I don't think he needs to be near the first team. A hundred percent agree with that. Um, but I also, I mean, I mentioned this um, today on on Talksport. Um, but <laughs> but mentioning about the were you, injuries. Were you on Talksport you know, today? I was, I was actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll send you a link later. Um, I've actually I've sent it to pretty much everyone in my contacts. So you're welcome. Um, but I, I said earlier, you know, we go, we're going on about these injuries all the time and how awful the injuries are. And yes, they are. And yes, we've got a full full team 11 that actually could start and win a match are out injured however 
rewind to the beginning of the season when we sacked all the bloody medical staff. You know, someone's got to take some sort of blame for this. Now, whether it's Carlos who's gone, whether it's Mr Chancery, whether it's someone else behind the scenes, I don't know. But we cannot sit there and go, oh, well, it's injuries. Because we sacked the people that were stopping people from getting injured. The minute we sacked them all, everyone, and it's not just two or three, is it? It's 11 players now, 11 first-team players, a full starting squad are out injured. That's not right. That's not right in any football club. That's not right at Roy of the Rovers. That's not right at Park Hill FC. That's not, you, you can't do that. That's absolutely political. And whoever is on that medical squad now, I would hope is really looking over their shoulders because whoever comes in, if we get a big enough manager, which, you know, even if it is Paul Lambert, whoever else, they'll have a good squad. They'll have a good team of people behind them. You don't just sign a manager now. You sign their entire backroom staff. So, God, I really hope that those Portuguese guys go if they go to Swansea, fine, because I watched Swansea last night and they do Leuven's to Lees, Lees to Westwood, Westwood to Leuven's all the time. So they're welcome to go there. That is absolutely fine. But we cannot keep saying, oh, it's because of injuries. Like we can as fans. If the club keep mentioning that and just disregarding the fact that they got rid of a bloody good backroom squad who have been there for a long time, a very, very long time, then there needs to be some questions asked. I think there's uh, there's a lot of things that uh, that questions need answering i don't disagree with you james about about lee bullen and uh reason being my little brother is a i don't know how much i can say is a coach at liverpool and he says that um i've probably already got him in trouble now he says that the biggest issue that liverpool have in terms of developing is that every day there is somebody there who um who's doing an interview, who's knocking around the place, who's saying to the kids, this is what it likes, this is what it's like to be a scouser. Now, as far as I know, as far as from being 10 years old, what it's like to be a scouser is finishing in between fourth and about eighth every season. And they're never really managing it. Um, so, and, and he says that as a detriment effect because it's very difficult for the club to move forward. And, um, and I kind of do, and I, I don't agree with Vic in terms of, yeah, put him around the kids and it'll show him what it'd be like to play for this club, be able to teach him about how the fans can be for this club and, and things like that. But like I think I think uh, under-23 manager, like, like Vic says, is probably the best place for him. But are we really moving forward? What we have this club in terms of a group of fans. But... Come on, we we need to. Something needs to happen. Something needs to change. And as far as the um, backroom staff goes, it's DC's fault for saying, "Oh, you want to bring in the, you want to change the whole backroom staff?" Yes, that's fine. Be bullying. And then on the other hand, it's Carlos going, "I want him. I want him. I want him." And they and you're right. And Vic, they are all at Swansea. They're all there now. Part of their deal is that. He's literally got the old band back together. They've gone for Wednesday, or I think there's about seven of them, and they've all gone down to uh, down to Swansea. And well, that's I'll tell you how what, it I works, think... though, isn't it? That's what happens. Yeah, that's, 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 that's pretty standard. standard isn't it? That's it a, is pretty if standard. If you get a good manager, ninety-nine percent of the time they've got a good backroom staff behind them. That's what you sign. You don't just sign a manager. Do you, you sign his entire team? You do. I wasn't aware you that do, they'd all but... left. I think that's brilliant news. They 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 yeah, have yeah, all gone. Every single one of them. But for me, it's. It's too big a group. Oh, the fitness staff have gone. They've uh, the fitness staff have gone as well. Uh, Johnny, Con how do you pronounce it? Johnny Conseil. How? What, what was he? Was he the 
Was he the fitness? Was he the physio? No, because the do... worst well, fitness staff. I mean, like the you know the physio team, the the team that came in in the summer. They're they're the only uh, part that that remained. Whether that's changed or not, but certainly in the immediate aftermath, all of Carlos's team went, with the exception of the physio team. But for me, did did, did that team not seem Carlos's team seem too big? Did that not seem too far integrated? I actually, no, I'd, I'd, I'd say the absolute, think, absolute opposite. I think it wasn't big enough. Yeah, I was going to say. I think you, you'd look at most managers. If you brought in, say, for for example, Lambert, you know, I'm kind of going on what's on Twitter tonight. If you brought in Ranieri, he'd probably be bringing in 30, 30 people with him. You know, you're bringing in 30 extra salaries, good salaries, because the people that have travelled from across Europe or wherever. And that's, that's the deal you get. I don't think Carlos had... I don't think he had enough experience in other clubs to have the right people around him. I don't think he's had that longer career yet. I think, yeah, all right, he did, he did all right in Portugal and wherever else, but he's not he's not particularly moved around and picked the best and left the best behind him. You think if you got offered a new job tomorrow, Fudge, and you've got 10 of the best, like, bar staff or whatever in Southampton, chances are if you went to a, a brand new bar that was open and they had no staff and you could bring in your team, they'd catch your hands off. And that's, that's exactly what happens, because as soon as the manager leaves, they will hopefully, hopefully in Carlos's case, take every other bugger with them that they've brought in. Just but to... Um, the issue. Let, go on. I said, just to um, kind of back up the, the point about, you know, w- did we have too many or not enough? Taking the example of Brentford, who I've talked a lot about over the last few days, obviously because of the fact that we, we played them. Uh, but they today have appointed an individual development coach uh, and his job role is to specifically work on accelerating the development of players aged between 17 and 20 to be ready for the first team. Um, you know, they have a huge amount of backroom staff there um, and they beat us 2-0 at the weekend. So make of that what you will. <laughs> Can I also just make one last point about Burton before before we leave this? Um, and it's I mentioned um, mentioned this again today on TalkSport on the radio. Um, so I know we're going on about injuries and whatever else, and that is, you know, 100%. But there were crosses that went in the other day. There were crosses, you know, every... One in 12 Ross Wallace crosses went into the box. One in probably eight Jack Hunt crosses went into the box. You know, a couple of chuffing Dave Jones probably shots went into the box. You know, the, the balls were getting in and Adam Reach as well. Um, we still had, and I hate to bring this back to recruitment and to the manager that's left, but we still had £13.5 million up front there that couldn't score against Stephen Bywater. That, that to me is an issue. And they are, in theory... Why is everybody all of a sudden hating Water? I, I love Bywater. I think he's great. I, like He's a lovely, lovely bloke I've known, I've known for years. But he's, but he's the guy that pulled someone's shorts down against Leeds and then got stuffed, absolutely stuffed and annihilated. You know, he's not. He's an older keeper now. He's a bit of a nutcase. He's a cage fighter in his spare time, so I don't want to say too much about him. Um, but, you know, we've got £13 million worth of strikers there that can't score against a keeper that we rid of years ago because he wasn't good enough. It wasn't because he went on to bigger, better things. He wasn't good enough. We let him go. And we're, we're making all these excuses about, you know, squad being out injured and whatever else. But actually, those two strikers, in my mind, probably with Hooper alongside them, are probably your first... They're not my personal first two, but I would imagine they are most people's two top two choice strikers, or at least new managers' top two choice strikers, and, and they can't score. So what what is going wrong? That, that 
that amount of money there is probably worth more. The two strikers, I would imagine, are probably worth more, if not slightly less than the whole of Burton's squad put together, and we can't score. Yeah, well, I mean, that brings us back to the point, doesn't it, that we need a new manager through the door who can um, sort out this stuff that's going that's going wrong. Um, you know, the, the, uh, it's absolutely true that um, we've got players that should be scoring goals and they're not doing. Um, and I think that, you know, the the, the quality of, of some of the delivery on, um, on New Year's Day was pretty shocking. And, you know, Ross Wallace probably had as bad a game as I've, I've seen him having a Wednesday shirt. And, um, you know, it, it, it was really... Um, it was really poor. The one kind of shining light, if anything, the one person who did put 100% in was was Adam Reach. But obviously he's playing in a much more central position at the moment, which suits him quite well and he seems to be quite up for it. But it does mean that you know he's, he's not on the wing getting the ball into the box. So there is work to be done for a new head coach. And let's, let's move on to that subject. Um, because since Carlos left, uh, we've had various rumours doing the uh, the rounds, and uh, uh, literally this evening, as as we record this, uh, the latest rumour doing the rounds is that Paul Lambert could well be a done deal announced tomorrow morning, which probably means that it won't be. Um, but uh, thoughts on thoughts on this, thoughts on Paul Lambert, thoughts on who you think the right person is for the job, Vic. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't want to come back to it, but as I said today on Talksport, James, um, I think I think Chan Siri's got the money and he's shown that he's not afraid to spend it. Like you, for example, Mister Jordan Rhodes, you know, he's not afraid to spend his money. He's willing to put that money in there. And does a manager affect financial fair play? I don't think he does, does he? But I, yeah, I have it's, to come back it's, to you it's on ev- this, James. It's it does. Yeah. yeah, it's it's everything. All oh, right, okay, fair enough. Okay, but I I would imagine, okay that maybe we will get the Chancery Stadium or something if we need to in order to get in a good manager. And I would I would I wouldn't put it past him to put money into this. I wouldn't put it past him into getting uh, you know, Ranieri's name has been mentioned. I mean, like, what's he ever done? But like he's he you know, his name's been mentioned around there and it, it, he's I mean when I looked, because I said, I'm sure it's the guy that sold Dennis Wise when we're talking about it, because obviously we all know what he's done in the last couple of years. But when I was thinking back to his Chelsea days, I was like, I'm sure he's the guy that sold Dennis Wise, and he was. But he was also known as the Tinker Man. So he does tinker with a squad. And I think that is exactly what we need, because we have probably got 22 decent championship players that just aren't playing well at the moment, let's be honest. Probably, probably scrap off five of those and get rid of them in January. But the rest are, you know, all right. We've not... We've not got the worst squad in the league by any means. And on paper, we've probably got one of the top six. But as it stands, we, we can't score against Stephen Bywater. So I it, I wouldn't put it past Chancery to put money in his pocket and go for somebody big. I think the Steve McLaren rumour, I think, I personally think was deliberately put out, or I, I would imagine was deliberately put out by somebody within Sheffield Wednesday just to test the water and see how the fans would react. And if we look at... Chancery and what he said about like Mr Chancery's what he said about how he knows football and whatever else he he doesn't particularly he's he's followed football his kids are into football I think with the McLaren thing I think as far as he knows he was the England manager so it's a big name so they tested the water they saw the fans go oh like Dave Jones getting a pass and kind of backtracked on that and said oh no actually no no we're not doing that we just spoke to him so I think he, he's got the idea now that people either have mediocre expectations as in getting a fudge term, a shit kicker who's going to bring in sort of a bit of 
English nouse to it and kind of tell them what for. Or we go all out, spend a lot of money on a foreign manager like a Ranieri. I, I don't think AVB. I, I don't know. I can't see that happening. Or there's the guy from Shakhtar Donetsk. He, you know, he, he's got a really good ratio. He looks all right. Joe Palmer must know him. Um, but I, I, it's going to be Paul Lambert, isn't it? Let's be honest. However, James, just to mention, um, I was once on Sky Sports and uh, did a fans <laughs> quiz, which was something like Take It Like a Fan, I think it was called. And I got a question right on Paul Lambert. So I'll find oh. you that on YouTube. I look forward there, to it. There you are then. Um, with, with me, I, I don't know. Because Chansiri before came completely out the left field with Carlos. And for two-thirds of the time, it was relatively successful. So are we going to get an absolute unknown again? You know, I, I think it's probably 80%. I mean, what really does Chansiri know about Paul Lambert? Now... Over the time, we've had these people come to the club and um, and we've had these... Um, like Glenn Rhoda came in, didn't he? And we had these... these I want to say bandwagon jumpers, if that makes sense. So we've had these people come in to try and advise Jan Siri on what it's like to run a football club in this country. Now, it they've all, all come and gone. They've all come, earned some money and left. And I think they've kind of taken Jan Siri for a bit of a ride, if I'm honest. Um, absolute awful advice on how to run a football club, or he's chose not he's chose to ignore it. Um, so when it comes to hiring a new manager, somebody got in his ear for Carlos because we had all the same ones. You had your Megs and Beck back, and then Paul Lambert, and uh, you know that have been probably Pardew, Moyes, Allardyce, or you know all them. They'd have been in there as well. Um, and then we end up with Carlos Cavallo now. There is a, There must be somebody working behind the scenes that knows more about football than we do. I mean, European football. Someone who's plugged in somewhere. I mean, I'm assuming we're going to talk about this new CEO at some point. But, um, you know, there, there, there is somebody who has Chan Series here. And I think we're probably going to end up relatively unknown. I can't see Dapon Chancery going, yeah, Paul Lambert's your man for me. Who's that? That's the geezer who, who, who um, oh, God, I, I don't know. That's the, that's the bloke who, uh, um, oh, I know. It's the geezer that beat uh, Norwich 7-1 on the first day of season, managing Colchester, and then got the gig the week after. That's him. That was about eight years ago now. What's he really didn't done since? It's it's such a... It's an odd one. I think he's going to go random. I think we're going to have somebody that is well thought of in Europe that we don't know who it is. Uh, just, uh, you know, a lot like those random coaches that Charlton got the last couple of years. Okay, well, I guess we'll have to see. Um, I, th- I, I think that um, he will, you know, his advisors aren't going to be stupid and that they recognise that this season now is defined by the fact that we're scrapping to stay in the championship. That's that's what this season has become. Uh, so bringing in an unknown coach from abroad, probably not what we need. Bringing in a Ranieri, probably not what we need. Um, they're, all play- they're all managers that are used to working with um, a, a good developed um behind the scenes system at a football club that they can come in and um and, and you know they just become the head coach that that heads it all up we don't have any of that we don't have a system we don't have a behind the scenes yeah, but you're not, not telling there. me Ranieri hasn't got 30 staff that'll bring with him 
We've just been saying that two minutes ago. He'll have like a full full back back like back team squad that'll like pick up all the slack that's been happening over the last few weeks, surely. But it doesn't it doesn't matter if if I mean, you know, you've made comments before about how bad the training facilities are at, at Hillsborough because it's it's built on concrete. You know, the 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 difference and, and Sam Hutchinson touched on this, didn't he, in the um in the the pre match interview that he did before whichever game it was, where, you know, he kind of gave a nod to suggest that the facilities at Hillsborough are absolutely light years behind the Premier League. You know, you bring in someone like Ranieri who's used to, you know, Leicester and Chelsea and um, you know, all the facilities and everything they've got and and we probably have what, maybe ten percent of that? It, it wouldn't work. That's oh, that's that, ultimately yeah, what I'm saying. Not. I don't think it would work. I think you'd come here and just think, I can't do this. I, I don't know how to do this without all the things that you get in a top six, top flight club, which is what he's used to. So, um, you know, you, you, you come in with a good reputation and everything, and then after a while you have to go on your way because it just doesn't work. Uh, the same would happen, I think, with Andre Villas-Boas. Um, I think he would he would come in and just be like, hang on, what about, where's my guy that's advising me on this and where's the guy that takes care of this and where's the nutritionist and where's the such and such and where's the such and such? Oh, well, we haven't got any of those because we haven't got a system. Um, so in my mind, what we need is uh, a good old-fashioned English manager right now. That's what we need. We need someone that can come in and tell them, right, you lot are um, supposed to be great footballers and at the moment you're shit. And just needs to tell me exactly like it is. And so even though I absolutely despise the guy, I can't stand him and I find him so boring it's unreal. Paul Lambert for me, yes, get him in tomorrow because I think he'll do that. He doesn't care about friends. He doesn't care about players liking him. He will go in and he will do what needs to be done in order to stop the rot, turn it round, put the fires out uh, and actually get the points that we need to stay in the league. And then we can get rid of him after that. We don't need him after that. We can spend, in the meantime, we can be working on uh, a proper plan for a decent structure that we'll see us moving forward. But we can't afford to drop out the championship. And at the moment, that is where we're at. We're six points um, above the relegation places. We're bottom of the form table. We are leaking goals left, right and centre. And we've got to recognise it's not about fancy football anymore. It's about fighting and getting the points that we need. We need 20 to 25 points to stay in the division. Uh, and any of us can look at the fixture list for the rest of the season and just think, ooh, now where are they going to come from? Um, and it, it means going back to basics. Lambert. It needs someone that's going to come in and scream and shout at them and not give a... You know, Carlos defended his players to the hills and they were friends. You know, we all know that he was friends with his players um, and it didn't work. And we need someone that comes in that couldn't give... I think Paul Lambert's said in the past that he's got one friend that he's made from all the different clubs that he's worked at. Um, and all the rest, he doesn't care. He's not interested in making friends. To me, right now, that's kind of what we need. So would you would you put Lambert in till the end of the season or would you have him so you know would you have him there to try and um I, I think something new I'd 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 get him in on a rolling one year contract, which is fairly commonplace now. That's what Carlos was, was on, wasn't it? Um and that means at any point when you get rid of him you've got to pay him a year's salary. Um but it it doesn't mean you're tied down to a three or four year deal. So a rolling one year contract and, and then it means in the meantime that we can get a team of people looking at um something a, a decent setup for the for the summer. And then you can start looking at your likes of um and I'm not I'm not saying that I ever think it would happen, but your likes of Ranieri and your likes of ABB. You can start looking at, at, at those thinking ahead to the summer, but you 
you also need the sporting director in and you also need the director of football type figure in uh, you need a proper setup for a, you know a head coach like that to be able to come in and make a success of it you need a full behind the scenes setup which we're miles away from at the moment um so yeah you know short term fix with an eye towards a longer term plan i think is in my mind i think that's what we um i think that's what we need whether you're celebrating a birthday a wedding or anniversary maybe you've passed your driving test or you've landed a new job well whatever your reason for a party the riverside cafe is the perfect location on catch bar lane overlooking hillsborough stadium to inquire about hiring us for your function call 07989 856 054 or 0114 232 6121 fudge you you uh, kind of touched on this ever so slightly earlier something that we have to talk about and something that has certainly caused a major reaction within the fan base uh, which is the uh, appointment of a ceo now uh, a lot of us have been saying for a while we need a ceo at the moment we've got a chairman or we've had for a while a chairman that's kind of making all the calls himself and kind of a bit of a one-man band really um and you know why have we not got a ceo through the door and he said a few times he doesn't think that it's right out of the blue um along comes the ceo katrian mier who was uh, has been chief exec at uh, Charlton for a while. Um, we probably, I don't think we particularly need to spend much time going over what Charlton fans think about it because that's been very well documented. Um, but I'd be interested to find out what you two think. Well, I, t- I can tell you this. Um, I I was, you know, one of those fans saying, why isn't there a CEO? I, I believe that um, Dave Monchancieri had you know, control over every single decision across the club. Um, is as, as slowed us down, especially from a off the pitch, um, off the pitch kind of uh, direction. So the things we've got something to do with it, you know, this sponsorship that you know, the off with off the field matters. We've been crying out for CEO, somebody based over here that um, that is going to go yes, no, do it, or even just you know, <laughs> reduce it down to a, a pamphlet that you can email to um, Tim Go. Uh, I want a yes, no on this, yes, no on that, yes, no on this. Yes, no, no, all right, bingo, done. You know what I mean? Something like that. And we finally get one. This is great news. This is, you know, we've got one. This is, we can we can start making these decisions. We can go to, uh, you know, has next year's kit been signed off yet? I, you know, I hope so. You know, that, that sort of thing. Are, are, are we going to move forward uh, in terms of marketing and development as a business? Now, the rub with this comes somebody whose first job in football was an absolute unmitigated disaster. And I have got to question the sanity and decision-making process of a man who's given somebody their second job in football with a CV such as that. I find this incredible. And the only thing I can come up with, the only thing I can justify this with is scapegoatism. Have we employed somebody that DC can make the bad guy have we employed somebody that that he can go hey it weren't me it was her she's the one doing all these decisions i'm you know I, i'm at home I, i'm you know i'm out with the kids i went to skegness beach on the donkeys do you know what i mean um it's not me it's her is that what's happening because joe palmer got thrown under the bus not six months ago so is that what's happening because for me personally i cannot understand how this is what's happened. This is, and like you said, James, we don't want to dwell on it too much. But she's she's famous for calling uh, the Charlton fans racist. 
Yeah, she she called them customers. The the, the bed sheet with down on her. That's our CEO. Why would we do that? Why would, why would that be something that we do as a club and go there? You are. That's what it is. I find it insane. But um, you never know. Maybe it does need somebody to come in and uh, be a little ruthless. Or do we, do we have a sense of entitlement as fans that we don't re- that we shouldn't really have? And that's why she's 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 been brought in specifically. So you know, I. I, I'm happy to wait for the proof in the pudding, but I still got to question that has put somebody like that in charge of decisions at the football club. I, I, I've struggled with this. Um, I've got a couple of friends who are Charlton fans who text me straight away like, oh my God, have you seen this? And I hadn't, so I was already in the ground by that point because I was, I was on my own, James, um, with my dad, so I went in early. Um, well, hang so on, on, on I, your own with your dad. That's not on your own. Yeah, yeah, but that's you know my dad goes dad. at like half one, two o'clock. I had to go and sit in the ground. Um, it's all right. I met my friend. It's fine. I had a hot dog, four pound. I had a diet coat, two pound fifty. Just found that out on my bank statement. Um, but anyway, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of. I'd, I'd love her to do well. Not because, not particularly because she's a woman. I don't. There's all this stuff about how she's claimed people have been, like Fudge said, sexist, racist, whatever else. That To me, I've got no interest if she's man, woman or beast. If she can do the job right, that's fine. And I do think, and I don't want to say, I don't want to be too controversial on this, but in a way, you know, we, we've all been going to Hillsborough for God knows how many years. I'm in my 30th year now, as of 2018, and I turned 30 in June. That's how long I've been going. But... I am a customer. That's what I do. I pay to go. I pay to watch. I pay for a, a cup of tea. I pay for a Diet Coke at extortionate prices. That's what I do because I'm a customer of the football club. It's not... They don't owe me anything. They don't, they don't owe me anything. Well, they don't owe me a refund on my season ticket, which we'll come to. They don't owe me particularly... You know, they don't particularly owe me a new shirt every season. I think they there's, don't a, owe there's me some that. people that had some shares with Wednesday night now go just... Bit in there saying, don't owe me anything. <laughs> I, I, had share, I, I had shares with Wednesday, so I'm, I'm on that boat as well. But I, do, I, I can kind of see, and we've talked before about, you know, with Carlos with the broken English thing and sometimes how things can be translated. And, you know, did she genuinely mean you are a fan, you have no reason, you're just a customer? Or was she trying to explain it from a business point of view, which, let's be honest, football is a business it always has been. We're all talking about, oh, modern football's a business. It's always been a bloody business. No one went into it to spaff 100 million down the drain. Everyone goes into it as a business. Chancery is a I don't think. Man. I don't think that was lost in translation whatsoever. Mm. I think that was 100% her being smarmy, going, ha, 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 look at these working class fools thinking they are, uh, how dare they? We're the one with the money. How dare they think they've got a... Um, They've got to say, you know what I mean? She's making it. She was making it out like, you know, these at the board were, may as well be on the board at Disney somewhere doing all the decisions. Make, but you're not. No, it's a football club, and I think it is different, and I think it does make a choice. And she was literally laughing and joking with this guy. It's 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 truly painful to watch. But sorry, I've Vic, not seen on. it. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. So I can't. I'm just going on what I've read in the articles that have been tweeted about and stuff. And I've shared them because I think they've been shocking to see. And you don't want anybody like we all. We've said this a million times. Like we've all got a massive chip on our shoulder. Same as you look at clubs like Notts Forest. They have as well because we've been there once. We're a big club. We get big attendances. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to say the M word. We get huge attendances. 
we get for this level of what we're playing at as well you know the twenty four thousand there the other night like what the hell like why it's crap don't go but at the end of the day we all pay to go because that's what we do it's in our blood that's what we do and it's one of the only things in my life that i can say i will always do there's, there's no question about it i will always be a customer of sheffield wednesday i would like to think that they think of me as more than a customer but at the same time you know we've spent half this season on the podcast moaning about shirts not been in stock that's because we're customers and we want the shirts in stock that's how it it's just that's how life is it's a shitty way to say it it's a really really shitty way to say it and she needs to do the words more carefully and i think trevor braithwaite's probably got his work cut out for him um but it but it's true we are customers of the football club and but at the same time which i don't agree with what she said is that she said, you know, if you're a customer in a restaurant or at a film and it was awful, you wouldn't scream and shout. Well, yeah, I will. If you bring me a steak with a worm in it, I'm going to moan about it. So, and for the last few weeks, I've been watching steaks with worms. I tell you, all my meat has not been on that fire because it's been full of worms. So you are going to complain. But again, that's because we feel in our right as a being customer to do so. So I don't know. I, I don't know if she's the right thing. I know I agree with James 100% that we definitely needed somebody to come in. We definitely needed someone to manage it as a business from who's here all the time, who's here five days, seven days a week, whatever, running it as a business. Because Chan Siri can't. He's got a young family. He's got business interests in Thailand. You know, there's only so much the guy can travel. But at the same time, I don't know. Is she the right person? I I don't know. Well, look, I mean, early time's going to tell on this one, isn't it? And, um, you know, I think the fact that Wednesday fans have not been very receptive to her uh, doesn't mean that, that Mr. Chancer is going to change his mind and suddenly go, actually, I'm not going to bother with a get rid. Um, you know, she's here and I think we'll get a better indication over the next few weeks. It's interesting that she joins us at the start of a transfer window. Um, obviously, as CEO, she'll have a role to play in terms of negotiating contracts and um you know, a role to play in terms of who's coming in and out of the the club, and we'll talk more about that in um, talk more about that in a bit. Um, Vic, I'm going to pick up on something that that you mentioned in there, uh, which is the um, uh, or it might have been Fudge that, that mentioned it. I can't remember now. Uh, which is the uh, the season ticket situation? Because um, obviously there is this. Um, over the last 24 hours, and I've mentioned about the, the, the podcast that me and James Allen did yesterday, uh, and you kind of think then, well, not that much can change in 24 hours, and then lo and behold, pretty much, what, 95% of the uh, the talk on Twitter today on the uh, the SWFC hashtag is about this season ticket situation. So, um, obviously, he mentioned it in, in his strange 2am statement on um, a couple of days before Christmas, on Christmas Eve, and then it's kind of reared its head again now with this thing whereby if you want to take them up on the, the refund on the season ticket you email and they'll get back in touch next week it's all a bit cryptic we don't really know what the conditions and stuff are but it's certainly um it, it certainly caused a reaction and, and Vic obviously it was the reason primarily that you that, that you were asked to go on TalkSport today uh yeah yeah it was it threw me completely that and I think what what I said on TalkSport James oh god people are going to switch off by the third time I said it let alone the 20th but what I said was at the end of the day I think I think at the moment Mr Chancery listens too much to the fans we've heard that in the steering group when he said out there he said the fans wanted Jordan Rhodes I've got an advisor who looks on the forums looks on Twitter lists listens to this you know listens reads the start all this stuff and the fans wanted jordan rhodes we've wanted him for three years so he bought him for us and he kind of comes across like i was saying this to cleggy from the copper and earlier a bit like a rich dad 
who's trying to do his absolute best that he can because he's away 90% of the time with work. He's He's got all this money, so he tries to buy affection all the time. And he's saying like, okay, you want Jordan Rhodes? Okay, but I'll buy, I'll buy you Jordan Rhodes. It's not a problem, I'll buy him for you. So he did that. And then with the season ticket thing, there's probably been out of, like I said earlier, 20,000 fans that go, there might have been a score of people that have said, oh, score, you know, 10 people that have said they want a season ticket refund. So therefore he's listened and he said, okay, if you want a refund. But at the end of the day, like, he shouldn't be listening to that. It's, you know, people have paid for that ticket. You pay for a football ticket no matter what. That's what you do. You know, you don't go, if we won, uh, I said this earlier and it was likened to Man City, um, but if we won 8-0 every week or 3-0 every week or 3-1 every week, eventually you're going to hope for a 2-0 or a 3-3 or, a or you're going to hope for something a bit different because it will get boring. And... As a football fan, as any sporting like, activity that you go and watch, you go because sometimes you win, sometimes you draw, sometimes you lose. That's how it works. That's what the excitement is. You know, the worst thing would be to be one of these mediocre, <laughs> although saying that we are, but one of these mediocre mid-table teams that every season battles be, to land a little bit higher than 12th. You know, that's that's poor. That's boring. I don't want to be one of those fans. So therefore, you pay for a ticket because probably the next season you might have Jordan Rose refusing to take a penalty in the semi-finals because he's too nervous the next season he could be up shit creek like we are now that's how football goes that's the emotion of it that's what we all live for if you can't handle that you shouldn't have bought a season ticket in the first place but Chancery should not be offering people a refund it's not in his it's not in his business to do that like it's going to screw up financial fair play it's going to screw up sort of morale within the club and it's going to screw up recruiting a new manager because if it's Paul Lambert or Ranieri or whoever now, and I'm sat watching Sky Sports News or reading the Daily Mail or the Mirror or whoever has reported on it today because it's been everywhere, it's embarrassing. What manager would What's want to go to a club that's offering people a refund because they're mid-table and they're not doing as well as they did for the last two seasons? It is embarrassing. It's bad. But I'd love, to, I'd love to speculate with you, Vic, and you, James, as well. What do you think the uh, conditions will be you know Your I mean? first what? born. I think. It's going to be like... It's going to be like... It's going to be like Harold, isn't it? It's going to be like King Harold. Give us your first born, or I think it'll be... You can have a refund, but you can't come back for three years. Or... Is there anything to be gained from that, though? I don't, I'm not sure there's anything to be gained from, from that. That's cutting your nose off despite your face. Um, my thought, and, and I think friend. I'm going to be proved wrong on this, but my thought at the um, at the weekend was that what he'll say is that you will get a refund uh, of your your you know your whole season ticket cost. However, the games that you've been to, uh, the price of the the full price ticket cost for that game will be taken off what you're refunded. So the games that you've... Because there was something in that original, um, you know, weird 2am epilogue statement that he put out, which said something like, if fans prefer to pay on a game-by-game -game basis, which I thought, that's a bit strange. Why would you mention that? Um, which made me wonder whether or not his plan will be, yeah, you get a refund on your season ticket, but all the games that you've been to, you've got to pay for those at the, you know, the kind of the, you know, on the turnstile price, which is, as we know, quite a lot more than you pay for a season ticket. So what you actually end up taking home as a refund is about, what, like 100 quid or something. So it's probably not really worth most people um, most people doing it. But there is, the I, I think, I've seen somewhere that it's actually, you know, a refund for the games left this season. So you're getting about, what, just under half your season ticket cost. Oh, yeah, surely can, all can, people can, sat there thinking, I'm going to get refunded. 
funded for the whole season. That's no. Oh, not no, I've, 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 sp- I've spoke to someone mate. that thought that. They thought, oh, I'll get the whole season back. No, not a chance. Not a chance in hell. And my friend. I agree. I agree. <laughs> but you know, someone, um, someone, someone that I spoke to genuinely uh, thought that. My okay, friend texted me a... tonight saying it's £26 a game times 10 left, so that's £260 times by 20,000, which is about half a million. It's naff all to him. If everyone wants one, take it. Like, it's not, I... you know, but it's emba- it is embarrassing. It's embarrassing this competition. It's... You know, we're not struggling. Someone tweeted us earlier. I don't know who it was. Hashtag DCF. Is that Derby County? Is that, I don't, I don't know who else it yeah. could be. Saying try winning one game all season. Yeah, that was the the season when they were the laughing yeah, stock of the Premier League, wasn't Premier it? League. Yeah. Um, is is <laughs> let me ask, let me ask you a question league. about this then? D- is is this a thing or is this a non thing? And what I mean by that is that uh, all I've seen really all day is fans on Twitter saying uh, anyone that does this is is not a Sheffield Wednesday fan and should be ashamed of themselves. I've not seen anyone saying, "Oh, actually, I'm going to do it." Um, is is there a risk that actually it's going to be what maybe a couple of handful of people that actually go through with it and actually do it, and that all it's really caused is just a lot of outrage from people about the fact that there might be people doing it, but actually in reality there isn't. Does that make sense? I yeah, agree with you because I think Twitter thing. has also got a lot of things on it where they go, um, "Can't believe we've got fans molded about fans." I can't believe people on here are saying this, and then you look for tweets where people are saying that. And they don't exist. Preemptive that they might say that, and they're moaning about them, even though people haven't actually said it. And you're right. I don't think I've come across anybody that's actually gone. No, bugger it. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get refunded for the last games. I don't want to go much that. But, but I think also an interesting up on this. What about uh, the um, the points? What about the point system? And your uh, and your uh, allowance you get, your privileges you get as a season ticket holder. I had one for 15 years, and you get first first dibs on that. You get discounted this. You get this, and you get that. Now all that's gonna go. And then you've got, let's say we get to, <laughs> you know, a bar in it. You know, a, let's say we have a disaster so, yeah. season. We go down and we get to Wembley for the playoff final right. next season, and you've lost all your TPP points. Well, you know what I mean, because you wanted a refund. What if, what if that was a thing that, that they offered? Yeah, I, think, I mean, like that's, I said, that's, I think that's got to be a consideration, really strong, though, isn't it? And if they serve you a shite, Neil, you're going to complain and want a refund, let's be honest. But the fact is, you're paying for a football match, you're paying for a season, every season. Yeah, you might have better players. Yeah, you might have got to the playoff semis last year. Yeah, you might have got to Wembley the year before. Doesn't mean you're going to get there this year. We all like to think it does, but it doesn't. So you, therefore, you put that risk in. You're taking a gamble the minute you buy that season ticket or that year I've still got a chuffing year in fact I'm due for a year and a half's refund if I think about it that could come quite handy in January couldn't it um but it you're paying for an entertainment situation you are not paying to go and watch them win every week and Christ guys we're all you know we're all over 29 now (laughs) and we've we've all seen some pretty awful times and never once would i've considered it it just wouldn't even cross my mind and i do think i think it's a pr thing in like i said that actually more people have now turned on those saying they want a refund and i must admit i've seen three people today on facebook and on twitter who do want a refund and are going to request one which i just think is pathetic um i've i've um, unfollowed someone from facebook i haven't deleted them so they'd know um but i do think you know, there are people out there that want it. If they want it, do you know what? Get rid. Get rid of them. 
that that's fine if you want to go you go i'm sticking with it because i've been here for 30 years i'll be here for the next 80 years you know whatever i will die my last year with a season ticket at sheffield wednesday and that's exactly how i was brought up to be and if we win if we lose if we draw i don't give a shit i'm still gonna go I'll probably leave at half time, like, but I'm still. <laughs> well, you know, it's a it's a long way for you to get home. You need to set off early. Um, I, I'm going to kind of drag it back towards uh, actual football now, if I can, and uh, look ahead to the weekend, which is it's a break from league action, which I think we need, uh, and we've got our FA Cup trip to Carlisle. Um, with the kind of proviso, you know, kind of weather dependent because the forecast isn't great over the next couple of days. Uh, and obviously Carlisle is um, is about as north as you can get, isn't it, in uh, in England? Um, I, I've, I've not been on Al's talk today, but I expect to get um, some some form of slagging off for uh, for saying on part one of, of this week's uh, Wednesday week podcast that I really couldn't give a toss about this game. And I think we play 11 kids and if they uh, if they make it through, then great. But um, I don't think the FA Cup means a thing to us this season. It has absolutely no significance. We are on the verge of getting dragged into a relegation fight. We cannot risk playing a single first-team player in this game on Saturday because we cannot risk another injury because we are in dire straits when it comes to uh, injuries. So play the kids. If they win, great. If they lose, then, well, you know, there we go. Uh, uh, and we concentrate on the f- a rather important game a week on Friday. Um Am I in the uh, minority on this one? No, 100% agree. Let's call back Jack Stobbs. <laughs> There's an idea. Fudge? I, 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 it's very difficult to get excited about it. And, and, and you know, the, the people with their glass half, half full will be going, um, we're only about 12 points off the playoffs, so, you know what I mean? or something like that but I think you know by some weird twist of fate we could even still eke in and as a team and I really want to get behind them but something rapid something drastic needs to change and we need a result that's going to galvanise everybody together and I'm concerned that we might not get that for a few weeks yet Um, I'd love to say don't worry guys it's not all dead and buried we're still going to sneak in we're going to get that six points that sixth place but um, what are you on about here I thought we're we're only about 12 points shy aren't we at the playoffs we're talking about We're, the FA Cup f- match. Yeah. Uh, fudge. <laughs> f- playoffs, you fudge, have to forget now. Our, our season is defined as a relegation fight now. It's about yeah, the points we need to stay in the league. Forget anyone that says, oh, really, so many points off the playoffs is, I've got to be honest, is an idiot. Yeah, I know. And that, that you know, that, that that's what... It, let, me, let me bloody finish. Back off. All right. So <laughs> we need... A result that's going to galvanise everybody together, and we need something that's going to get people together and somebody getting you know cheering about the team because at the minute we've just sat around grumbling about everything, and it's been like that for about six, seven months now. And a nice result, one against a Carlisle team that we should beat, uh, would be able to just give us something to cheer about, like we did after the Nottingham Forest game. Um, now, I don't think we're going to do that. I think we're probably going to chuck the reserves out and see if we can rescue something from the season because we're only 12 points from the playoffs and it, we want to make it look like we're at least going for it. Does that make sense? Yeah, we're playing the reserves now, though, aren't we? That's the point. I, th- I think it. I think it's a double-edged sword. I think you're right, Fudge, in that way that, you know, we need we need a win because otherwise everyone will be getting... But at the same time, if we go out there and put that same 11 out that started on New Year's Day and we lose, it's only going to get worse, isn't it? If we put the kids out, we can go, oh, well, we only played the kids. We didn't expect to win it. If we win, brilliant, let's 
the kids in future you know there's there's always going to be those groups of people in there i think i think like james said it's it's a nothing game now we're not going to win the fa cup i'll put it out there now i'll put my mortgage on it now we're not going to win the fa cup so why why worry about it like james said why risk we've only got probably 14 players fit that's it we've got 14 players and george boyd's back with his eye patch that's it that's all we've got so why risk those 14 players on one match on Saturday? Why not just, like James said, put the youth team out, see what happens. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Does it really matter? No, not really. Doesn't. It's not going to affect our cup run because, let's be honest, we'd be out in the next round. Sod it. Yeah, I, I've, I've got to agree. And I think, you know, the, the romance of the cup is, is all well and good, but... Um, you know, it, it doesn't exist away at Carlisle on a Saturday in January. And I accept the point that maybe we'll get, you know, if we win that game, then we might get a really good tie, like, you know, away at Liverpool or um, away at Man United or something in um, in round four. But at the moment, that doesn't exist. Um, and we've what we do know is that our next game that actually means something is Sheffield United at Bramall Lane on Friday the 12th of January. Um, and at the moment, you know, we're going to get crucified we've got to concentrate on that game we can't risk any more injuries but we'll see you know it's obviously it's going to be up to Lee Bullen isn't it he's he's I, I'm guessing whatever happens even if a new manager comes in in the next next 24 to 48 hours um that um you know very much kind of their their agenda will be set towards the Sheffield United game and that, that Lee Bullen will take charge of the team at Carlisle whatever happens um so um you know he he knows the the younger players he knows kind of the the youth setup he knows the academy players so um you know it's a great opportunity to 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 play them and people have been saying all season why not play the kids so you know it's a great opportunity it makes everyone happy apart from fudge exactly but it makes everyone happy as well if we win (laughs) if we win that may well or if two or three of them stand out as absolutely superb players jack stobbs not included like if they stand out as like absolutely superb players christ give them a slot like, we've got no one else to fill the bench. Like, we've got some random kid that I'd never even heard of was on the bench the other day. So, Chris, why not? Like, let's just just go for it. Like I said, we're not going to get to the FA Cup final. A 100% guarantee we are not going to be in the FA Cup final. So what does it matter? We don't need the couple, like the 100 grand that we'll get from the next round. We don't need to play Man United away and get stuffed 10-0 on Sky. We don't need that. We don't need any of it. We just we need to concentrate on staying in this league at the moment and finishing sort of satisfyingly above the top bottom three. Sorry, like that. That's that's all we can hope for right now until we get a decent manager in. So why risk? Why risk even Ross Wallace playing? Why? What's the point? Like let's. And do you know what? And I hated Megson when he did this a few years ago. I absolutely hated him when he shafted the kids and put them out in the FA Cup. I think it was the FA Cup. Might have been League Cup. But it was it was a terrible decision then because we were doing all right. There was no need to do it. He just shafted the kids for the sake of it. But I think that we I think the game I'm thinking of was like Norwich or so. It was a long way away. I presume you'll have gone, James. It was a very very long drive, and we did play the kids, and that was that was offensive to the people that had paid all that money. But at the moment, you know, if you want a refund for Carlisle, I'm sure there'll be an offer out next week. You'll be able to get one. Just email ticket office at swfc.co.uk. Um, but let's just 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 shove the kids out. Like you said, we've got, you know, we've got a big game in like a week's time. A big game. Big. Um, that we're, let's be honest, probably going to get annihilated again. And we're all kind of expecting that now. So it doesn't really mean anything. Although a few Blades I've spoken to are as worried as we are. But... 
Yeah. It's, it's going to be which team is worse, isn't it? Um, you know, normally, right, I mean, this is the first uh, podcast that we've done of January. Normally, pretty much the first thing that we will be talking about is the fact that the transfer window has opened. And that means players coming in, players coming out. Uh, and we are, what, over an hour into this podcast and we've we've not really even touched on it. We've barely mentioned the fact the transfer window is open. And let's be fair, it's pretty glaringly obvious that we need some new faces in. And it's probably just as obvious that we need we probably need to pack a few players off. Um, so I kind of set you your homework uh, before we uh, started recording tonight, whereby um, you need to think of the players that you think we need to get rid of and, and the players that you ideally that you think would be really suited to um, to coming in. So let's find out what you came up with. Uh, Vic, who is on your list? Not my not out. Vic's list. Your this, <laughs> not this my particular, list. Not, not the Adam, list. Adam Reach is on my list. That's about it yeah, at the moment. I um, believe it. But... <laughs> But other than that, my out list is Jordan Rhodes. I think take whatever we can get. It's not working. It's not working for him as a professional footballer. It's only going to ruin his career further if he stays here. Let him go. Let him go to someone that wants him, someone that's going to play to his strengths, whatever they may be. Someone who's not going to moan every time he floats like a salmon across the six-yard box. You know, some, just get rid. Just I think he's had his he's had his chance. He's had his chance at a couple of clubs now, and it's not happened for him. And I think that's that's got to be it. I think there are quite a few players, really, that I think have had a, a year too long. Um, Wallace included, and I, I like Wallace. I really, really do. I think he's a character. I think he's a JP McGovern of this generation. But I don't think he's got it in him anymore. I think we've given him a year too long. I think his legs have gone. Um, God, this, the third spot, there's, there's way too many to choose from. It's just it's ridiculous. Um, I'd probably get rid of Leuven's, to be honest. I think I think we could get rid of Leuven's, but that's only on the prov- no, no, no. It's not even on a proviso. No, those those are my three. So Rhodes, Wallace, Leuven, and Wallace really hurts me to say, to be honest. It really it, like I loved him in the Wembley season. I thought he was outstanding. Uh, even last season, I think he was okay, but I think this season it's just a season too long for him at this level. Um, bring in like if are you talking like if we could have anyone. But obviously not like I Gary mean, Sort of, yeah, like, like realistically, yeah. Realistic, but I mean, it's in theory it's realistic, but financially it's not. Um, I'd kill for Aidan Flint, absolutely kill for Aidan Flint. But Bristol's like one of the richest clubs in the world, isn't it? It's, it's not going to happen. They don't want to let him go. They're never going to let him go. But I think just from the gifts I've seen, he seems to be on a gif every bloody week with his spinning <laughs> plates and whatever else, ironing his shirt and all that. But I think he's an absolutely world-class player. I think he'd be brilliant. He's exactly what we need at centre-half. A good, solid captain. Um, Christ. I think, obviously, if we got rid of Wallace, I think we need to bring in a very nippy winger. I think we need someone... Obviously, we've got possibly Forestieri if he doesn't go in January, which I'm still in two minds about. I think we need somebody who can come in and replace him. So, I don't know. I don't know, you, you're thinking someone like a knockoff, aren't you? But uh, whether or not Anthony Knockoff had ever even... It wouldn't it wouldn't happen, would it? It's not realistic. But somebody like that, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think as a striker, I think you need to... I think Hooper and Fletcher, to be honest, choice two every time. And knew he was a super sub. Um, but I do think we need to bring in a striker who can score a bloody goal. Because at the moment, we don't seem to have one. Um, I think Zhao probably needs to... 
Well, we've sent him out on loan. He did very, very well. We brought him back, and he's just—he's not getting the service now. I think Rhodes is getting the service. I don't think Joe is. Um, I, I don't know. I think we desperately, desperately need a centre half or two. Um, I think rumours are that Westwood's go. If Westwood goes, then I think we need someone as backup or for Wildsmith maybe a backup or even in front of Wildsmith. I don't know. Um, ugh. There's too much to change, isn't there? And you should be grateful for what you've got, but half of them are on the sick bed. So what can you do? I, th I think mine would be a bit easier. Um, I think in terms of the players we need to get rid of, um, I'm, I'm uh, Marco Matthias, Bin, um, Antti Newham, oh, yeah, see later. Um, no. And Alman Abdi just absolutely stealing a living. I, I think Watford knew he was uh, he was cropped. Now that's and that's me on being. Um, there's about six or seven I'd probably get rid of, but James said three, so I wanted to keep it brief. <laughs> uh, and the first thing I'd do, get rid of Big Dave, get Sam Winnell in. Easy for me, that. Players coming in, I agree with you, Vic. Uh, Aidan Flint, I, I think he's a realistic target, but not as it stands right now, because he's, um, well, Bristol at the top of the league and we aren't. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's as simple as that, and I think the next move that he makes is probably going to be a Premier League one. Next ones that I want to get in uh, would probably be Mark Roberts, he, uh, he used to play for Barnsley uh, last season and then signed for Birmingham this season. Birmingham are on their backside because they're absolutely, here's that word again, rudderless. And uh, and I think he's somebody we could rescue from that quagmire. And uh, this might not be a popular opinion, but Pontius Janssen at, uh, at Dirty Leeds, I think uh, he might be the type of player we're missing. Uh, big, strong centre-bite, and that, that's what we want. What about that? What about that for me on work? Yeah, 100% agree with that, Fudge. I forgot about Matthias, I've got about Abdi. I've never seen someone injure the shoulder by kicking a football as many times as I have with Alvin Abdi, so In it. In it. Just he, stealing um, a wage. Getting a bin. He was kind of a, a, a an almost a shining light, um, second half against Brentford. I mean he wasn't, uh, but you know, he did a couple of things. You know, he he looked a bit more positive than a lot of the rest of the team. Yeah. Is 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 there a is there still a chance that a new coach coming in could get the best out of players like Abdi, Rhodes, or do you think that's it? I think Rhodes is done. I think Abdi's probably got maybe one more shot in him. I think you've probably got one more chance with him. Um, I don't think anyone would buy him off us now. As much as like I agree with Fudge, I think he he, he could could easily. I think you know happily get rid of him, but I don't know who would take him and if we would lose a lot of money on him. Um, but I think I think Rhodes is done. I think he's absolutely done. Fair dues. Right. Okay. Any um, any bits to uh, to offer up for tonight? Do you not have an opinion, James? Uh, no. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Te teacher doesn't do the homework. Come on. Um, all I've got, I've got literally one name actually, which I've I've had in my mind about a, a player that I think we should be looking at, uh, which is Liverpool have made it quite clear that um, Ben Woodburn is able to to go out on on loan. And I think I saw today that he's been linked with yeah, Sunderland, um, and you know he's uh, relatively versatile, but he's certainly a goal scorer um, and someone that is going to be hungry. He would stand a pretty good chance of scoring goals at this level, so he would be someone that I think that you know we we sh we should be having a go at. at trying to get um, I do also think this comes back I've to the got. director of football thing I think 
if if we've got a good director of football or a, or a scouting network that can be looking at academies of Premier League teams, you know, we've yeah. we've done that before. We've you know we've brought in some really really good players. We've brought in Ben Marshall, and I hate to mention him in the transfer window because every other bugger mentions him in the transfer window. Hang on, what but date are we on? Him. It's the third of January. Oh, the first mention of Ben oh, Marshall. Well done. Congratulations. Well done. Yeah. Well done. I'm not saying that I want him. I'm saying, you know, we brought him yeah, before. Yeah. We brought Antonio. You know, we brought Halan. We brought quite a few. Obviously, Halan's gone on to other things. But we brought in quite a few players from youth or reserve setups in the Premier League. And actually, maybe that's where we should be looking just for the rest of this season. Let's not, maybe don't look at permanent like permanent signings. Maybe we just look at people that we can get in to do a job for the rest of the year. And then that's it. Uh, right then, um, so we are nearly done and dusted for tonight. Uh, Vic, you've got you've got something for us. Uh, yeah, just a quick thing to mention. Um, I don't want to mention names on it for the reason that I'll come to in a sec. Um, but there was a guy in the car park just off Harry's Road, apparently after the game on New Year's Day, that was out unconscious on the floor, um, and a Burton fan gave him CPR and effectively you know potentially saved his life because the guy is now in hospital um his grandson has tweeted about it he's called lewis um if uh, they've all said that they don't want to be mentioned about it so if you look back through my twitter you can see that i've replied to him saying like lots of love to your family and whatever um but there are a lot of people that are tweeting asking to try and find the burton fan um, the Burton fan himself has replied, he's called Nick, again, not mentioning usernames or surnames, he's replied to the, the grandson in question and said, it was me, I don't want any fame off this, I just want to know that he's alright. And I think that that kind of, that humbles me a lot. I think sometimes people just just do, not do things like that for the fame, God, as if, like, if you saw someone dying, you would try and resuscitate them, we all would, we're all human, um, probably not fudge. But most of us, most of us would try and resuscitate them, push and just like cross someone's ribs, Christ. Um, but he depends. How he, I think his wallet would be. I'd, uh, I'd yeah. <laughs> um, but I just thought, looking at the Burton fan that responded and said, you know, it was me, and it has been confirmed that it was him. Um, the star also got in touch with him or whatever else, and he replied saying, 100% doesn't want any sort of credit for it. He did what anybody would do. Um, but I just want to still say a big thank you to him. I think that's, you know, for anybody to do that is great. The poor guy's apparently still in hospital. This guy's granddad, um, and just want to wish him the best of love, like look really as part of the Wednesday family, and hope he hope he pulls through, um, and hope we can all send our love to his family. Yep, very well said. Very well said. Um, the only thing that I was going to mention, and I only want to mention it just because. You know, this is a podcast that's kind of supposed to cover every bit of Wednesday news. Uh, was um, just the fact that that Lewis McGugan has been released by um, Northampton <laughs> Town today, uh, and that's it. You know, I've got there. nothing else to say about it really. Just There's thought an issue it was there, isn't there? it was if worth mentioning. If you can't play for Northampton Town, he could yeah. have set that legal light. There's got to be something wrong. I mean, I think it's actually earlier on this season uh, before he left that there were still people saying. Yeah, why is he not in the team? He can do a job for us. Yeah. He's gone to Northampton, uh, and it's not worked. So um, you know, I think we've got. If if there was any doubt whether or not there was some issues with um, with Lewis McGugan, I think we've got um, we've got definite proof there. Um, right, thank you very much um, for your input tonight, Vic. If people want to get hold of you, where do they do it? Uh, you can probably listen to me on the Talksport Drive Show. Um, probably going to be a regular from your... now on. Do you know? Um, can I just give you? Can I just give you a response to that? Channel Five crew. Yeah, go on. 
just give you a response to that. James does the Wednesday week uh, podcast. He's a very smart guy. guy. Knows oh. the team inside. Oh, God. Yeah, I'll also um, probably be popping up on Channel 5 soon when they hear of my new fan fame and would rather have been James. Um, but if not, you can follow me on Twitter at Victoria1867. Does that mean you're actually going to like bother going to some away games or something? Oh, God, no. I'm getting a <laughs> refund tomorrow. Ah. I'm not bothering my way. <laughs> uh, Fudge, where, whereabouts people find you? Yeah, get me on Twitter, at Dan Fudge. It'll be me uh, tweeting Scooby-Doo memes or uh, generally just moaning, to be fair. I've, I've become a negative Nelly. And I know you, some of you are going to sit there and say, we've been like that for years, Fudge. What's the matter with you? But I've actually actively tried to take a break from uh, from whinging on Twitter. So if you want to see how that goes, at Dan Fudge. Good stuff. Uh, if you want to um, say hi to me, I'm at James Marriott. Of course, you can follow the podcast at TWWcast. Um, and get in touch with us via our website. Uh, it's the wednesdayweek.co.uk. We will, we'll, well, I mean, something like normality uh, next week. Hopefully, we'll have Lord Hillsborough uh, back with us. Uh, but uh, thank you for uh, your company this evening, and we'll speak to you soon. Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points. Back of the net. Lubosh. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.